Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Weekly podcast going daily for the T20 World Cup. Australia are back, or are they? Maxwell, Stornis and several of the bowlers were brilliant as they beat Sri Lanka by seven wickets and gave their net run rate a healthy boost. But the struggles of their two national captains give them questions to answer ahead of a massive game against England. With me to discuss that game are Wisdom India's Adjish Sharma and Wisdom's Dan Senior. Now, I know Australia won and we will talk about what they did well. But, Dan, that innings from Aaron Finch was like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, you can tell when a player's having a bad time, but by the end of the innings when, you know, you're screaming, you're yelping out, oh, my God, after you've shanked another one down to mid-on, your hands are in the air, the crowd are almost jeering, or they're happy that the other player's got on strike. Um, it really it was to the point where you almost felt sorry for him. He'd been dropped as well a couple of times. You know, he, he chopped on, just missed the stumps. Any other day, that might have been over for him and it would have saved him a lot of hassle, a lot of trouble. Um, they got over the line in the end, but it sort of just was a drawn-out process and made you know, that innings look even worse in isolation compared to Steiner and Maxwell when they came in. Yeah, because that was the weird thing as well, is that any other day he is out early and then it's not as much of a talking point. If he makes a two off eight, it's sort of fine, but you forget about it. Whereas uh, it was what, I think it was the slowest 40-ball innings in a T20 World Cup in terms of strike rate. That was a real struggle. And, you know, he's a, a, a guy who takes this kind of thing in his stride. He was uh, joking with the umpires. I think he said, I'm happy to take any ideas. You know how to hit that after a Kumara ball cut him in half uh, at the end of the game. In the post-match, he fronted up and said it was unusual and said he just couldn't hit the ball. Uh, but actually, it was obviously a bit funny and a bit weird. But there is a serious point, right, in that Australia have Cameron Green in the squad. We saw him smash India in a series recently is there any possibility of Finch dropping himself or is this just an aberration and he's the captain and he'll play until the end of the World Cup basically yeah I think that's the tricky part because it's not like this was a one-off innings Finch has been pretty poor off late uh, I think this year in Australia he his strike rate is less 
less than 100. So it's obviously a big concern. And the way Cam Green played in India and the way he's been doing leading up, um, I mean, if I was Finch, I would probably give him a chance, you know, just to, because you've got a lot of leaders in the team. It's not like we, it's just Finch for his captaincy. But if, the, if he's not creating the impact at the start, uh, you know, it's a drastic step, but it could be taken. Yeah, I'm trying to work out if there's anything else Australia can do sort of team combination-wise, like uh, if Finch could possibly push himself down the order. And then, because if you've got Cam Green in there, you've also got another bowling option. So you might then be able to leave out a bowler. I don't know. Dan, what what, what would you do about that decision in particular? Look, I think obviously in the build-up to the tournament, Cam Green wasn't in the squad. They gave him a lot of opportunities to impress. He hasn't done that, you know, in the games in Australia. Um the fact in the build-up, the fact that Finch went down to the lowest four, you know, in the build-up to a global tournament where he's not had good form, just seemed really bizarre to me. And now we're seeing, you know, the result of that. He's come back up top against the Sri Lanka side. At points, I thought he looked scared when he was facing. Um, Kamara certainly looked uncomfortable, jumping out of the way of stuff. Um, with Cam Green in the squad, you know, in the absence of Josh Inglis, they have got the opportunity to do that, but... Like you say, who, who would they let go from that? Obviously, Agar's coming for Zampa today. Um, it's already a, a right-hand dominated middle order. Do they want to push another one in there? Who would make way out of, you know, Marsh, Maxwell, Stoinis? They've just done, shown their worth today. Tim David's the, the new best thing. Um, and Matthew Wade sort of bookends that right-hand heavy middle order at number seven. So I don't, I don't know how they would do it. Yeah, that's fair enough. I guess there's also a similar-ish question over Pat Cummins and obviously he has the stats within Australian cricket. But he's not really a death bowler, and they do have a death bowler in Nathan Ellis sitting on the bench. Yeah, they do. Uh, Cummins, I wrote down before Cummins' record at the death in 2022 in all T20s 95 balls, balls. What's that? Just short 16 overs, four wickets at 50 plus, and an economy rate of more than 13. Uh, Nathan Ellis is someone who's had a really good year in T20s cricket, um, whether that's you know in, in domestic cricket, franchise cricket, um, did well over here in England in the 100, but obviously has made a good start to his T20I career as well. Um, took that hat-trick on debut against Bangladesh. He's got four for overseas against Pakistan, three for against India. And in the game where Australia arrested all those big players, the main players uh, in Perth, in the build-up to this series against England, uh, in the build-up to the tournament, sorry, he got three for in that as well. So, you know, he has shown he's got um, he's got change-ups. He's, he's a clever bowler. And someone like Cummins um, has been on a bit of a decline in T20 cricket for quite a while, particularly bowling at the death. I guess the other thing that's a bit odd about Cummins' role in the team is that he's the opening bowler as well, which means that Stark isn't doing that. And that's what you think of. For me, when I think of Stark, I think of a new white ball swinging at loads. And it was swinging for those first few overs today. He, he bowled well. He merged with what is the most economical of Australia's bowlers, apart from Maxwell and Bob Wanover. Uh, but I guess that's, that's another thing for Australia to consider how they can get the best out of him and that wicket-taking threat he has, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, in the last game, he obviously, he uh, ran into Finn Allen. And uh, I think that was probably the reason why Australia held him back right now, this time. Uh, you know, they knew that Nesanka won't be scoring uh, at a fast rate and they got Kusil Mendes early on. So they probably just, you know, to give him back the confidence because if he had one more off day, it wouldn't have been great for their bowling attack, which is already, you know, there are still things to improve. So I think that's why they sort of moved himself, moved uh, Stark to uh, one down. Uh, but I think, yeah, that's that's probably some one sort one question that they need to answer. What is exactly Stark's role then? Okay, that's enough uh, 
trashing Australia for a, <laughs> for a game they won quite comfortably. <laughs> let's talk about the good stuff. Um, particularly, let's start with Stoinis. It's 17 ball 50, which is Australia's fastest in all T20Is. Uh, and the way he and Maxwell took down Hasaranga in particular was probably the defining thing in this game, wasn't it, Abia? Yeah, absolutely. I think Australia knew their angles. They knew where to, which which boundaries to target. And Hasaranga, it was pretty clear that he was having an off day. He conceded like 15 runs in his first over. So, you know, he was he was just flighting the ball. You know, it was floating in for them to, to hit. And uh, you know how both Maxwell and uh, Stoinis play against spin. They've got great records. In excess of 150 is what their strike rate is against spin. So, it was just about, you know, getting that momentum early. And they got that momentum with... Uh, Hasaranga, you know, conceding so many early on. And uh, once you've got your main strike bowler uh, giving away so many, then the balance shifts. Uh, and the spinners were quite interesting overall, I guess, because Teekshana had that brilliant first two overs and then got smashed by Stoinis. And you also had um, Ashton Agar, who uh, what news broke early today that Adam Zamba had COVID and so couldn't play. Obviously, there's a, well, me- metaphorically, big shoes to fill. He's quite a small guy, but he's a a big character in the Australia team. He was what leading wicket taker when they won the World Cup last year. Uh, and Agar was, was really good, wasn't he, Dan? Yeah, he just did what you'd expect. Obviously, they didn't lose that uh, right to left spin, bowling slow left down, but one for 25 or four in a game where, you know, the, the run rate's up at eight. So it's a, a pretty good return for him. Um, got Dan Andrade de Silva out, who looks okay. Um, and that'll be a positive for Australia, I guess, knowing that they can they can call on him in in Zampa's absence, like you say, when he's been uh, such an important player for them. Uh, talk about Sri Lanka, who were actually, I felt, quite good for quite a lot of this game in their own kind of weird Sri Lankan sort of way. Uh, you had that kind of that Finch light innings from Nasanka, which I guess we should talk about. Uh, but Asalanka batted well. Uh, Kamara was excellent. Uh, Tikshana was good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, they don't, they kind of don't sort of uh, almost like work as a team when you look at it on paper but they do have a way of just competing in these sorts of games, right, Adia? Yeah, they've got like these phases where they dominate and like somehow claw their way back into the game. And like when you look at the scoreboard, it might seem as if uh, Sri Lanka have been comprehensively beaten, which was not the case because there were so many, several parts in the game where uh, they actually had a good a good stronghold. Uh, you know, there are things which obviously... Uh, could be questioned, could be Nasanka's uh, approach in the power play. It could be, uh, you know, how the middle order sometimes goes missing. But still, like, things like only three players managed more than, I think, only uh, they managed, like, double digits and they still uh, got to 159-160. So, it's like this kind of percentage cricket that they play and they still uh, back themselves to do well. Like, on the field also, they were uh, pretty sharp, uh, I mean, up, up. I think a couple of drop catches here and there, but they were generally very sharp in the infield. So uh, I think it's how Dasan Chanakar uh, sort of uh, motivates his team to do well, and they do. Hmm. I guess they got they got an injury concern as well with Benura Fernando walking off injured in the first over, and considering they've already got a few others out injured, that could be a real blow because it, that you would fancy them uh, to nick a game against one of those three sort of favourites in the group, which could make it really interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's what we've got time for today. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Tomorrow's episode will be a bumper, sort of more traditional weekly show, if that's your thing. So make sure you listen to that. Uh, if you did enjoy listening, please give us a nice, maybe a five-star review on the app of your choice.
Social Podcast Network.